Every day matters. Every day matters. Every day matters. Hashtag every day if you're going to put something on social media. Email address on the screen. You can get the sermon notes by using that email address. We're talking about cumulative effects. We're talking about whatever we do every day. And listen to me. You're going to develop patterns in your life whether you intentionally develop them or not. You're going to have patterns that you get into. Um, I told somebody, the older I get, the more I love routine. <laughs> the more I love just doing the same stuff every day. When I was younger, I got bored. Older, I love it. I love it. I love getting up. I want my coffee when I want it. I want to watch what news I watch on television. I want to do all my stuff. And then when that gets messed up, I'm not, I'm not as happy. But um, what we want to do is be intentional about our patterns. Because you're going to develop them. But if you're not intentional about it, I heard a preacher say not long ago, it seems like it might have been from this stage, that we don't ever drift in the right direction. We always drift in the wrong direction. So if we're going to make our life better, if our life is going to be better, if our life is going to give more glory to God, if our spiritual ministry, our calling from God is going to be more fruitful, then we've got to be really, really intentional about the kind of person we are. And there's no better way to be intentional about the person you are than to decide every single day, I'm going to, even if you have to have it written on a list, even if you have to have it written down for a while until you can get those things in your mind mentally, I gotta, I'm going to focus on this today. I'm not going to give in to this today. I'm going to live my life intentionally. <clears throat> We've mentioned that when you do that financially, it benefits you health-wise. We're going to talk about that today. It's going to help you in your relationships, your career, and of course your spiritual life. We talked about the greatest regret you will ever know is that you come to the end of your life and you don't know Christ. That's why we celebrated this today. I don't know whether you noticed, but we hold you under until you say tithe, and then we let you back up. But we, that's, the why, that's why we do baptism the way we do, because of what it pictures. It's death to the old patterns, amen, and new life to the new God-given patterns in our life. And um, we don't want you to have that regret. We, as a church, don't want you to get to the end of your life and and not have that relationship with Jesus. So today is the day for you to come to Christ. This is the service. I mean, you can wait and you can put it off, and you can risk that if you want to, but Jesus is ready today. He's ready right now. This is your time. Today is your day. And look, we're not going to pay 48 verses of just as I am and make you walk up here in front of everybody and embarrass you. But we hope today in this service you will decide that you're going to follow Jesus. That you will make a determination that, you know what? Pushing back and resisting and trying to find loopholes in the Bible and talking about hypocrites in the church ain't getting me nowhere. That's bad English, but that's a good way to think. I need Jesus. And right there in your chair... You can just, during the sermon or at the end or whenever, you can say, that's it. I've gone as far as I'm going without Christ. I want him in my life. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6 and 2, indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day 
of salvation. So we hope you'll do that today. Now look, every Sunday, and you tell your friends this, and we don't talk about it really in a lot of detail every Sunday, but every Sunday right back there in that corner behind that camera is a table that says belong, commit, grow, serve, and right under that sign on that table are, are materials that are free. So if you are curious about Jesus, you're not at a place where you're ready to make that commitment, but you want to know more, go back there and pick those up. Or pick them up for a friend. If during the service you make that decision for Christ, go back there and pick that material up and take it home with you. And, and guys, we need to know. When you've made a decision to follow Jesus, we need to know that. So, so you would let us know by going right back there and, and letting there will be a person back there to serve you and you can talk to them if you want to and they'll, they'll get your information. We want to get you in a class that's going to help you get your roots down. As a matter of fact, the class that you would be in, that's the material we teach in the class. So you can pick that up right now and start going through it. We've got to be intentional about our lives if we want our lives to be all that God wanted them to be. How many of you believe that when God thought of you before you were born, that when God thought of you, He had a plan for you. God has a plan. God has a blueprint. He's got this big file drawer in heaven. And your name's in there. And you could, if you go there and pull that, it's got a blueprint. It's a, there's a plan for your life, but He can't work that plan through you if you don't submit your life to him. So we hope you'll do that today. So some of the things we've talked about that we want you to focus on every day, uh, number one, that uh, once you become a follower of Jesus and you wake up every morning, your first thought is, I'm a representative of Christ today. I'm an ambassador of Christ. And we taught that, and there's scripture, and there's a whole message on that. If you had not heard it, I hope you'll go back and listen to it. But I don't know anything that will change the outlook on your day anymore than waking up and going, I'm a rep. I represent Jesus Christ today. I represent him in my home. I represent him on the road. Who needs help with that? Amen. <laughs> I represent. How many of y'all, when you get on the road, you just feel like you're in a NASCAR race? Okay. And look, I'm winning that race. But, but you, you represent him on the road. You represent him at the post office. You represent him on your job. You represent him at school. You're his rep. And it won't be long when you become a Christian that people are going to know that you're a follower of Jesus and they're going to watch you. And if you have in your mind, I represent Jesus, it'll make you react differently. It'll make you talk differently. It'll make you live differently. And then we took two sermons to talk about attitude. And I love the scripture we use, <laughs> that verse, man. That really spoke to me because it said, let the Holy Spirit help you with your attitude. And man, when I read that, I was like, that's who I need to help me. I mean, I like books on good attitude. I like to listen to messages about good attitude. But nothing's going to make me have a good attitude more than allowing God to empower me, enable me to have a good attitude. He said he wants to renew your thoughts. He wants to renew your attitude. And I, we took two sermons on that. I hope you'll listen. And then last week we talked about core values, establishing some core values for your life, and then, and then reminding yourself of those core values, consistently reminding yourself of those core values and saying, this is what I live by. These are the core values of my life. So here's what we're going to talk about today, and I know you're going to want to do that whole woo thing again when you hear this. But we're going to talk about your health today. 
Because if you're not paying attention to your health, then you don't have the vehicle, you don't have the gift at maximum capacity that God gave you to do his will. You, you do God's will through your temporary physical body. I remember uh, Mr. Lehman Gurley was in this church when I first came here. And uh, he used to talk about this was our earth suit. And he would talk about one day he's going to lay down his earth suit and he's going to heaven. And it is our earth suit and it is temporary. But hey man, it's what we've got right now and God's given it to us and it's a gift and God expects us to take care of it. I wrote down a couple of questions as a Christian. Should I have a plan to work toward better physical health? You know what the answer to that is according to the Bible? Come on, everybody say it. Yes. How much emphasis does God want me to put on caring for my physical body? Well, you know I'm going to use this verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, Paul says, Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. The context of this particular verse to that Corinthian church is that you are not to give your body to illicit sexual behavior. That sexual behavior only happens between a man and a woman who are married. Now, I know we live in a society that when you preach that, people go, hmm? You know, they look like the dog who heard the real high pitch to turn their head. Because I know it is so, it is so opposite of what the world is saying. I know it. And, and we've talked about that creeping into the church. But Paul's dealing with this all the way back in his day. And here's what he's saying. He's saying that our bodies are like a temple. And he's tying that into how they viewed the temple back then. And uh, he was saying it needs to be kept holy. Our body needs to be kept holy. And our body needs to be treated with reverence. And earlier in this same chapter... There's another context, not so much the sexual context that that was, but it still ties in. And in verses 12 and 13, this, these two verses really come closer to what we're talking about in the message today because Paul deals with food and the body. And this is what he said, and this is the message. I want you to just watch these words. Just because something is technically legal doesn't mean that it's spiritually appropriate. If I went around doing whatever I thought I could get by with, everybody say that last part with me, I'd be a slave to my whims. That's the message of the world. The message of the world is whatever feels good, do it. Be a slave to your whims. Be a slave to whatever your body says. Get that, take that, touch that, you know, consume that, embrace that. If you live by that, then you, I was, um, uh, I, I like old music. And when, I, when I say old, I'm talking 60s and 70s. Who's with me out there? Y'all like some 60s. Um, and I was, I was going through and I was listening to those hits and uh, uh, kind of having nostalgia. But I, rem I ran across a song uh, that Mike Urban, when I pastored in Cary, Mike Urban uh, worked for WRAL uh, uh, 101.5. Uh, how many of y'all, they got Christmas music going on? Y'all listen to that? And uh, I remember Mike was just this great DJ on uh, 101.5 WRL, and I remember him looking at me, and he said, you know, I told them when I work there, there's one song I would not play, and that song was, if you can't be with the one you love, 
How do y'all know that song? You shouldn't know that song. I couldn't remember that last part, but all y'all knew it. <laughs> if you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. And Mike said, if you want me to work for WRL Radio, he said, I will not play that song. And I thought that was, you know, that was back in the 80s, and that was a, that was a strong stand to me, and I just so admired him for that. But I, I ran across that song last night, and that's what the world says. Hey, man. Whatever, whatever pleases you, whatever whim you have, don't fight it. Give in to it. Look at the next thing Paul says. You know the old saying, first you eat to live, and then you live to eat. Well, it may be true that the body is only a temporary thing, but that's no excuse for stuffing your body with food or indulging it with sex. Since the master honors you with a body, come on, say it, honor him with your body. So that's what we're talking about today. And there's a lot more scriptures I could use, but I just wanted you to know that God does talk about this and God does address this. And I think I would be doing you an injustice as a pastor if I didn't include this in the everyday part of our lives, what we want to think about every single day. Paul is saying this to us. He's saying we're not to be enslaved by anything because Christ is our master. Can we say that together? We're not to be enslaved by anything because Christ is our master. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5, and you don't have to turn there. You know this verse really, probably by heart. It's the fruits of the Spirit. I want to just go over them with you, and you're going to notice one that's really standing out in yellow. Galatians 5, 22 and 23, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The, 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 if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, and we could use all kinds, baptized in the Holy Spirit, anointed with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, covered in the Holy Spirit, got the Holy Spirit, whatever, if you're a Christian and the Holy Spirit abides in you, then there's going to be evidence that you're filled with the Spirit. There's going to be evidence that the Holy Spirit dominates and has dominion in your life. And Paul says the things that are going to come out of you once you are controlled by the Holy Spirit is you're going to have some, you're go, some what? <laughs> some love, some joy. You're going to have love. Everybody say it with me. Love, joy. Peace, pa ho, ho, say that one again. Patience, say it one more time. Patience. I know some of y'all are going, move on, man. Okay. Okay, go to the next one. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Everybody say this one loud. Against such, there is no law. And really, self-control probably isn't the best translation right there. Because really what that is, there's no self He's not talking about self here. Now, there is, there is your will. Your will is certainly involved. But what you want is to give in to the Holy Spirit. God wants you to surrender to the domination, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. You go, well, I don't want to be dominated. I don't want to be controlled by anybody. You know what the Bible says about that? It says, where the Spirit is, there is liberty. Freedom. So when you, when you surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit, you're not in bondage. You're what? You're free. That's when you get free. So 
even in this scripture, Galatians chapter 5 here on the screen, this is um, sexual control is the context here, but it's the same thing as a lust for food, uh, gratification for the flesh. How many of y'all watch the Food Channel sometimes? Y'all, I know y'all watch it. How, how, many of you, how many of you have seen the show The Best Thing I Ever Ate? Have you ever seen that show? Y'all are lying. I know y'all seen that show. Have you seen how they show the food? Just get the camera right up on it, you know, and the caramel, the ice cream. It's all it's running down. That's food porn. I know y'all can't believe I said that, but I'm just telling you. If you're trying to, if you're trying to watch it, don't watch that channel. If you're trying to be careful about your food, don't watch that. Don't watch it. We're sitting there on the uh, sofa the other night watching that, and I said it to Millie. I said, that's food porn up there. So the word self-control, again, is all about Holy Spirit control. Not letting your body and your mind dictate your behavior, but allowing the Spirit of God to enable you to look at those things, to see that, to be tempted by that, and to say, no, I'm not going to be a slave to those things. Paul is teaching us to fight back. He's teaching us to fight against anything that makes us unhealthy. If, over, if overeating makes you unhealthy, and we all know it does, then you fight that through the Spirit of God. Are y'all with me out there? You might have never heard this said before or heard this preached on before, but I want you to hear it today. I'm telling you, those of you who are trying to get that part of your life under control, and trust me, I know, you, I know that fight. I know that fight very, very well. I've been every size in the world. i got to tell you something, man. I've got four different sets of clothes. Who's with me? Who's got your little tiny clothes? that you will never wear again, but you don't throw them away because you know you will wear them one day. Right after the rapture, you know God's going to help you. Then you, amen, you got that next size, and then you got that other size, and then you got that size where everything has elastic. Elastic is a fat boy's best friend. And here's when you know you're too fat. When you have those pants that have the elastic, the hidden, secret, magic, invisible, y'all know what I'm talking about? Elastic, and you button them, and you can see the elastic you weren't supposed to see. You've stretched it out so far that the elastic, you're like, hmm. Man, I can tell I'm offending some of y'all because you're there. You're there, aren't you? <laughs> Me, I've got those pants hanging in the closet, trust me. So if your overeating makes you unhealthy, fight it by the Holy. Do y'all believe God will help you with that? Can I ask you something? You believe God cares about every, every, when you're trying to subdue the flesh in your life and live for his glory, do you believe God's on your side? Do you believe God will help you? I got to tell you, some of you, uh, your success in this area, your success in this area, hasn't happened because you don't think he really cares about that. You don't think he really will, will hear your prayer about that, whether that's subconscious or a conscious thought. You just really don't bring that part of your life to God. I'm here telling you today, bring that to God. Bring that part of your life to God. Laziness, 
um, makes us unhealthy. Amen? Lack of exercise makes us unhealthy. So we fight laziness and we discipline, allow the Holy Spirit to help us discipline ourselves to move and we win that battle through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, you know, you can't sit back on your sofa with a Krispy Kreme donut and go, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. I'm trusting you, Jesus. I'm trusting you, Jesus. Baby, bring me some milk. You know, no, man, he, he's not into that. So here's what this means. It means that God wants us to believe his promises. Now, if you're not reading your Bible, you don't know what they are. It's like having this really nice car that costs a bunch of money, but you haven't read the manual, so you don't even know all the little deals that are on there. So you're not taking advantage of all the things that come with that car because you've not read the manual. And a lot of you guys haven't read the manual. You haven't read the Bible. You don't know what the promises of God are, so you don't know how to stand on them. How many of you remember that old hymn? You don't know how to stand on them because you don't know what they are. You don't know what God has said is available to you. So believe his promises and you believe them by knowing them and you know them by getting into the word of God. You pray, as we've already talked about, for the divine enablement, the grace of God, the supernatural help of the Holy Spirit, and you, and you then exercise your will. And you say, you know what, my flesh doesn't like this, my body doesn't like this, but I know it's best for my life and it's best for your glory. I got to tell you something, guys, and, and I, I'm preaching to me here, but when we're not disciplined in the area we're talking about today, it really hurts our testimony. So we need to think about it. Let it sink in. Christianity, you know, I like to preach, you know, if you're not happy, come to Jesus and you'll know joy, you'll know happiness. You know what, that's true, you will, but I got to tell you something. Christianity is self-denial. It is self-denial. Take up your what? And what? Deny yourself. What did he say to the rich man? you got to go sell all that you have. Because he knew that guy was tied to all of that. He said, you got to go sell everything you have and then come follow me. And the guy said, see you later. Christianity is self-denial for a higher joy. For a higher sense of contentment. For a higher sense of satisfaction. Listen to me. Some things are hard. I know we live in a culture that says everybody gets a trophy. I hate that. Yeah, amen. I don't like that. I don't like that. Well, you know, I just think all the kids ought to get a trophy. What are we teaching them? Can I just tell you something? Some stuff's hard. And some stuff really motivates you when you realize if I don't give my whole self to this, I don't get a trophy. I don't get a, 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 something to pin on me that says first, second, third place. Some stuff in this life is hard. Hardly anything worth doing is easy to do. I mean, when you're trying to get yourself in better shape and you're trying to take care of, better care of yourself and you're kind of looking at yourself and going, you know what, this is what God uses to do his will. I know it's not the best thing in the world, but this is my body, and God uses this to do his will. Think about Carol, all the missions work she has done. And I know Carol, Carol, wave right there so we'll see you. I know Carol has denied her body many times to be able to do the work of the Lord. And we've looked at her in awe 
uh, because uh, there were younger people who could not keep up with her. And it was because she took care of herself that she was able to do the mission work that she does. So in, hardly anything worth doing is easy until we get to heaven. And then when we get to heaven, everything's easy. Who's, who's ready for some heaven? Amen. God cares about our bodies. He gave them to us. He would like them to be healthy. He would like them to last a long time until he takes them to heaven. He will give us a glorified one. This is kind of random. But when I was preparing this message, I thought about Joshua chapter 14, and I thought about Caleb. Mm, I wonder how this did come to my mind, because I'm getting closer and closer to this age. I'm just moving that way. But Caleb was 85 years old. You know what the Bible said about him? It said he was just as strong as he was when he got called into the ministry. So, so you can be strong even later in your life, don't give in to that. Push back on that and say, if I've got breath, if I've got a pulse, and I'm questioning some of y'all, but if I've got a pulse, God has a will. If I'm breathing, if I'm walking, God has a purpose for me being here. And then if you decide, I don't think God has a purpose, he might check you out right then. He might go, okay, well, if you don't have any purpose, you know. So you do have a purpose, every single one of you. And I speak to our senior saints, of which I am one now. I speak to all of you. God's not finished with you. You're here for a reason. You're in the bridge for a reason. You are still on this earth for a reason. God has a will for you. And every day we should take care of the body God has given us. And as your pastor, I've been convicted recently that I am called to lead this church not just to spiritual transformation, but total transformation Body, mind, soul, and spirit. I remember um, I was at Heritage Bible College. Jim, if they could only have seen us when we were at Heritage. 32-inch waistlines. Very, very nice-looking young men. And, and still are, I feel. Jim, amen? Jim's like... <laughs> but I remember... I remember when I was in college, my first year in college, uh, we, would, we would go get pizza at 10 o'clock every night. And then we would eat ice cream for dessert. And I remember my, my clothes size never changed. I was like, I'm, it's perfect, it's great. And then, man, I'm telling you, early in my 20s, clothes started shrinking, hanging in my closet. They were just hanging in my closet. And all of a sudden, I look, begin to look a little bit more like the Pillsbury Doughboy. And it didn't take long for me to realize that my new physical form was impacting me in every way. And I'm telling you guys, I fought that. I fought it my whole life. My whole life. So as a motivation for you, and I, I'm going to make this very quick, I want to give you five ways that being more careful in what you eat and more intentional about your physical exercise will help your total life. Not just your physical life, but it will help you emotionally, it will help you mentally, and it will make you more determined even spiritually. So let's look at these five things really, really quick. If you'll take care of yourself, if you'll watch what you eat, if you'll have some regular physical activity in your life, it will improve your endurance. It will increase your energy. It will increase your energy. Who could use some more energy? <laughs> Amen. And so, so remember I told y'all a few weeks ago I was preaching, and, and I was talking about um, 
I, I was talking to my doctor about I didn't have any energy, and, and I, was, I wanted to blame it on everything except the fact that I wasn't moving. Y'all with me? And so she was like, well, it could be this medicine. And I said, preach it, girl. Preach it. It's not me. And then she said, and then, of course, you know that if you will do exercise, it will give you more. No, woman, you're crazy. So you've got to exert energy to get energy. Exercise. Who's still listening to me preach? Are y'all still listening? All right. Exercise delivers oxygen. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll give you that $5 we talked about later. Exercise delivers oxygen to your body. It delivers nutrients to your body. It helps your cardiovascular system work more efficiently. When your heart and lungs improve, hey, guess what? At age 60, you can make your heart stronger. At age 60, you can make your lung capacity and the strength of your lungs, you can improve in that area um, and when you do, you will have more energy to complete your ministry. In my, in my particular case, it, it, when, when I work on my health, when I focus on my health, when I determine that I'm going to do something about my health and I stick with it and I practice that discipline, I'm able to do more ministry with more energy. And my staff will tell you that ever since I had the strokes, had those couple strokes, and thank God they were minor, um, that I've had to get on additional medicine because they never could really determine what the, the, the cause of those strokes were, so they put me on everything, hallelujah. And so that kind of sapped my energy, and so I was whining and complaining about that, you know, and, uh, and everything. And then my doctor told me, man, I can't take you off the medicine, but Pharaoh, you got to just lose some weight, and you got to exercise. And I quit going to that doctor. No, no I didn't. <laughs> I'm not going to hear this, you know. I'd like some of y'all, if you hear me preach one of those convicting sermons, I'm not going back to the bridge anymore. But, but uh, God has helped me with that, and, and it really started with me going for physical therapy, and my physical therapist uh, is a sadist. No. <laughs> my, my physical therapist is a, is, uh, I think he could get Al-Qaeda to talk. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Uh, but, but he's really, really good, and he's pushed me way further than I thought he would. And it's caused me, when I saw the changes that a short time of physical therapy did, then I got into, outside of that physical therapy, got into some practices of my own. And it's been amazing how my energy level is so much better now. You know, Resting, and we'll talk about that more, but observing the Sabbath is probably the hardest one of the Ten Commandments for most of us. I don't think most of you struggle with most of the other things that are there. You might want to kill somebody once in a while, but I'm just talking about, you know, that whole thing of, of resting and being intentional about your rest. Say, you thought this whole sermon was going to be you being intentional about what you eat and you being intentional about exercise. I'm telling you, a lot of you don't feel good and a lot of you are really hard to be around because you're not getting enough sleep. You're not getting enough rest. And that's why God put that one in the top ten for you to get some rest. Kingdom work is too important not to give it every ounce of energy we have. So we ought to work on 
raising our energy level. Exercise provides us with additional energy so we can be more fruitful in our ministry. Number two, increase mental capacity. And I know y'all are thinking, Pastor, you really need that one. You really need that one. Here's the deal. Um, Depression. What, what do we usually think of, and a lot of people battle depression, and there are people sitting here right now, I guarantee you, I promise you who are battling depression, and the first thing we think of when we, when we get the blues, and then the blues become more regular in our life, and, and before we know it, depression has set in, what is the first thing we think about? I've got to go to the doctor so the doctor can give me some what? Medicine. Now, I'm not against medicine, and we don't preach against medicine in this church. We believe medicine uh, is, is a gift from God, and, and the Bible talks about medicine, and we certainly should use medicine, but that maybe shouldn't be our first thought, or maybe, yeah, that's okay, but, but physical exercise. If you need a lift, if you need a lift emotionally, if you need to blow off some steam, I mean, if you've had a hard day at work, or you've had a stressful time, whatever, I'm telling you, man, exercise, exercise. And I know some of you are sitting here right now going, this isn't preaching, I came here to get a sermon. I'm telling you, the reason churches aren't more fruitful and the reason we're not more fruitful as, as Christians in the family of God and in the body of Christ and in our local churches is because we never talk about this. People don't feel good. We just don't feel good. And we don't feel good because we're not taking care of ourselves. I'm telling you, one of the best things you can do for depression is walk. Get out and walk and get in the air and start moving and get some exercise. I'm not saying it's going to fix everything, but, but a gym session or whatever, getting some uh, exercise equipment so you'll move around. Physical activity stimulates various brain chemicals. i got to tell y'all, I don't even know what endorphins. Is that the word, endorphins? I, don't even, I, thought, I thought they were like kin to um, dolphins. I thought it was a different kind of fish. I don't know what endorphins are, but I'll tell you something. In the last couple months, I like them. I like them. I was talking to my son about it this weekend, and I said, man, if, if we, you could put that in a bottle, that would be something. And so uh, when you exercise, it releases chemicals. It causes your body to function, and uh, you'll feel better uh, in your body and then you'll feel better about your appearance it'll change your appearance you'll feel better about yourself it'll boost your confidence it'll boost your self-esteem I believe God wants this for us and the reason a lot of us aren't enjoying that including me is because we've neglected this part of our life am I making sense up here somebody give me a woo it's just a fact that we focus better listen we focus better we enjoy some of you guys are crabby I'm telling you you're, you're hard to be around. Your family dreads you coming home from work. I'm telling you, you will enjoy life more. You will focus better when you're in better physical condition. I was reading, of course, preparing for this message, and one writer said, if you want to work on a major task requiring extra brain power, then you need to do some exercise right before you do that because it releases some good godly stuff in your body that lets you do that. Uh, more effectively. Let me hurry up. My time's running out very quickly. Number three, increase discipline. Did you know that when you uh, get discipline in one area of your life, it leads to discipline in other areas of your life? Discipline in one area of your life leads to more discipline in other areas of your life, including being disciplined about your spiritual growth. 
When I feel good, when I exercise, when I'm eating better and being more careful about that, then I'm more disciplined when it comes to me being the best preacher I can be, the best pastor I can be, the best leader I can be, to read the things and get involved in the things that help me to be better in that area. Let me give you number four. Number four is increased rest. When you eat right, when you exercise, you rest better. You rest better. You know, um, I should have known this because in the spring and in the fall, Miss Millie gets me out in the yard to do yard work, cracking the whip on me, and I'll work all day one day, and it just about kills me. Who's out there? You know, you don't really do anything like that, and then you get out there and do that way overboard, but you know what? I rest so much better that night. So when when you bring into your life regular physical activity, and look, here's here's why we exercise and and quit. Because we go overboard. We get really, really, really excited about, I'm going to exercise, and I'm going to lose weight, and I'm going to watch what I eat. So we stop eating anything good, and we start exercising way beyond what we're physically able to do. And in two weeks, we're going, I think I got it. I'm done. You know, we're like uh, Forrest Gump when he was running. He just stopped and said, that's it, I'm not running anymore. But most of the time, we don't get quite as far as Forrest Gump got with that. And so we don't, we, we give up because we, y'all with me? You, you know why, you're, you know why your uh, um, devotional life doesn't last? Because at the end of the year, you go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray one hour every day. No, you're not. You ain't praying five minutes a day now. How are you going to jump to an hour? So you, so you begin where you're at. And I love uh, Larry Lee uh, back in the day, 70s. Larry Lee, y'all remember Larry Lee? Larry Lee said when it comes to div- your devotional life, you start with discipline. Discipline moves to desire. And desire moves to delight. And that's almost with, uh, with any discipline that you get yourself involved in. I hope I'm making sense here. When I rest well, it causes me to have a more balanced outlook on life. It causes me to have a better attitude. Exercise forces me to unplug when I feel at peace. And, and I feel more at peace when I'm unplugged. Are you all with me on the unplug? Man, I went to a, a gym recently to do my physical therapy, and there were people on the treadmill on their phone. on the tre- And I'm like, you've got an excuse not to be on it. Get off that stuff. Get unplugged. Number five, and this kind of overlaps with number one, but it is different. Being in better shape makes you physically stronger. I'm not really talking about so much energy here, but just really you're stronger physically. You've developed some muscles that maybe you weren't using, and now your other responsibilities feel lighter. And uh, in my, in my, uh, I mean, y'all would love to see me get my physical therapy, buddy. Y'all would love to see that. I cry like a five-year-old and call for my mama and all kind of stuff. But after I push my body beyond the comfort zone during exercise, the other strenuous parts of my day have less impact. I'm telling you, it's an amazing thing. When you, when you exercise, and it doesn't have to be, don't jump out there and say, I'm going to do 30 minutes every, just start doing five minutes, what you're not doing, and then add to it a little bit every day. It really does make you feel so much better mentally and physically. Exercise gives me strength for the journey that God's called me to complete. I tire less when I'm in better shape. I accomplish more, and being stronger Uh, makes me more prepared for the opportunities God brings into my life. Does this make sense? So let me just close with this. 
I know that when it comes to eternity, that there are things much, much more important than physical fitness. I know that. But we're not in eternity yet. We are dependent on this body, a gift from God, a body that the Word of God says we're to treat with reverence, that we're to take care of, that we're to make sure it's holy and strong. But I also know in balance that Paul said to Timothy, for the training of the body has a limited benefit. Well, of course it does. You're not going to always have it, and you're going to get older, and no matter how much you exercise, you're not going to be able to do later what you do now. And he goes on to say, but godliness is beneficial in every way because godliness has to do with eternity. But the problems begin when we don't address this at all. When we think that the church ought not even talk about this because it's not spiritual. Yes, it is spiritual. And I want to leave you guys with a challenge today right before you go home. Here's what I want you to do. You can do it or not do it, but your pastor's putting it out there. I want you to try something for 30 days. I want you to give some time to physical fitness. I want you to look at what you're eating. I want you to write it down. I want you to look at your physical exercise. And look, you don't have to, you don't have to buy, go home and buy, you know, get on Amazon.com and buy a 150-pound barbell set. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you getting out in your neighborhood or going somewhere. I know all neighborhoods are not conducive to this, but going somewhere to a park or where, and just start walking. And just, while, i got to tell you something, man. When you're walking and when you're exercising, and when you're, that's a great time to be with God. It's a great time to just be thankful and, and let God speak to you and let God minister to you. How many of y'all believe, and I'm done preaching, but how many of you believe the church ought to talk about this right here? Now, I'm not going to come back next Sunday and preach on this again. I may remind you about it. But guys, I want, I'm your pastor. I want you to be wholly transformed. W-H-O-L-L-Y. I want you to be holy. H-O-L-Y transformed. I want you to be holier. But I want you to understand that God, you know, the Bible says we're made in the image of God. Does that mean we look like God? No. It means God, this is one of the things it means, that God's Trinitarian. Let's say the parts of God or that God is all these things. Father, come on, Son and Holy Spirit. We're, we're body, mind, or soul, and spirit. And, and a lot of times we focus on the Spirit, and I'm glad you do. That's so important. I'll tell you where most of the world is today and most churches are today, though. It's not really the Spirit. It's the mind, getting the mind, you know, and the mind control and, and getting control of your thoughts and being positive. All that's really good. I'm telling you, the most important part is the seed of God, your Spirit. And when God dominates you spiritually, then you'll begin to think like him. He'll begin to process his thoughts through you. But he also wants your body to be strong so you can serve, so you can do his will, so you'll feel good. And you'll have the energy and the strength to do what he's called you to do. Amen. Amen. I love you guys. Let's all stand. Let me pray for you. We're going to have people up here at the altar if you'd like to have prayer. And we'll pray for you. I know the message today was about having it together physically. And we'll be glad to pray for you about that.
Matter of fact, this would be a good Sunday to pray for people who are sick and, and you need God to heal you. And uh, if you're like me, I'd love to get off some of the medicine I'm on. And you probably would like that too. We'll be glad to pray for you for whatever you need. So it doesn't have to be just about the topic of the message today. Don't forget the material over here I talked about. Because we want you to have a full, complete, abundant life here as you look for a life eternal in heaven. Um, I think too many of us just kind of, you know, grit our teeth and cross our fingers and wait for heaven. I'm just saying God wants to do a lot of stuff for you down here. You don't have to wait till the sweet by and by. You can have some really good stuff in your life in the nasty now and now. Amen. Thank you, Father, for this word. Thank you for this series, God, and we just pray that as we bring this series to a conclusion next week, that we will not walk away and forget it, as James talks about, um, looking in the Word of God like a mirror and then walking away and forgetting what we saw. But God, let these, let these messages, let it, and, and let it start with me, God. Let it start with Farrell Hardison. God forbid that I would preach something and then forget it for myself. Let it begin with me, God, that we might be holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, wholehearted and H-O-L-Y before you. And we pray it in Jesus' name and everybody said, hey, I didn't tell you, in that challenge, do it for 30 days, man. Come on, give it 30 days and see what your life is like after 30 days. All right? I love you guys. God bless you. Thanks for being here today.